Again, I want to welcome you to our gathering today. If I don't know you, my name's Kyle. I'm one of the pastors here uh, at Center Church. And um, yeah, before we press into our time in the Word, um, yeah, y'all know what's coming. Um, you know, here at Center Church, we, uh, man, are committed to being a people uh, that uh, seek to cultivate biblical community. And part of that is we are a people that celebrate uh, the community that we have. And so, on Sundays, if there is a birthday, we want to make it known. Uh, and so this morning, uh, Tammy Glasgow, uh, Mia, my mother-in-law, it is her birthday today. Uh, Tammy, we are grateful for you. We're grateful for your life. Uh, not simply for, uh, uh, not simply because you, uh, serve the church so well, but because you love Jesus and love others so well. And so today, uh, we honor you and are grateful for you. Um, thanks for holding Elliot. Um, but with that, How many of you struggle with the reality of the unknown? I don't talk about, I'm not talking about like what's out in outer space unknown, okay? Just the day in, day out moments of, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I know Scripture tells me to worry about today, but even in the midst of that, how many of you feel those moments of that unknown? And in the midst of that, it creates, uh, and no matter the amount of preparation, no matter uh, the amount of strategy, no matter the amount of... Uh, w- welcome, guys. Uh, hey, uh, Adult and Teen Challenge is coming in. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, hey, front row, it's ready for you. Uh, welcome, guys. Good morning. Right. That was known, okay? We knew they were coming. But I ask again, and, and, and I would ask us to even wrestle with that. Uh, because I don't know, like as we've worked through the book of Esther, as we've uh, began to journey through this story, what we find over and over and over again is what? Unknown. Moments where uh, God is not named, because guess what? He is not named through the entire uh, story. Moments where things seem to be happening, and yet in the midst of it, we're all wrestling with, wait, what's the motivation? What's happening? What's going to happen? And then we're left to wrestle and sit in the story week in and week out, where we look, and for some of you, you probably already read ahead. For some of you, uh, you watched VeggieTales as a child, and so you already know the end of the story. But guess what? Like It's uncomfortable, even in the knowing, to wrestle with these moments of unknown. And man, I found myself there 
this week. Specifically, I found myself there uh, late this week as I, uh, for the first time in eight years, didn't have any more words. I knew the text. I knew the story. But I stared at a computer with two paragraphs typed out and didn't know what else to do. There was a whole lot, I think there even is still a whole lot of just unknown. As I stand this morning, you know, because for me, like, I like the bow tied on. Like we all do, right? Like think about your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, those things. It's moments because you want that redemption, right? And so something I want each and every week is I want to, whether it's here or in any aspect of life, I want to have that moment to where I can control the unknowns. But this morning I stand before you with this and this alone. And I think it's enough. <laughs> um, but it doesn't stop me from wrestling with the unknowns. Maybe not even the unknowns, maybe the expectations of what it means to, to be a pastor and to preach and how it should look and how it should function. And so this morning, as we journey through the text, what I want to do is I want to look at this story. I want to look at the midst of the wrestling, because guess what? We're going to come to the end of the text today, and it's going to be like, well, what's going to happen? We're going to find moments throughout the text that even as steps of obedience are taken, or uh, there's movement, or maybe we should term it as faithfulness, what we find is that even in the midst of that, we don't know, Right? Men in life, it's the same. As we walk out lives, man, by God's grace, in the midst of His deep and ever-renewing mercies, we still wrestle even in moments of faithfulness saying, I don't really know what's going to happen. And sometimes we're okay with that. But I think, you know, a lot of times we just want it figured out. And so today, what I want to simply do is sit there and look at three areas of wisdom that we see in this text regarding that kind of wrestling. That kind of moving forward and stepping forward in the midst of a lot of unknown. And so let's read now, beginning in Esther chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes, stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's quarters while the king was sitting on his royal throne inside the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. And when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won favor in his sight. 
And he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. And the king said to her, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given you even to the half of my kingdom. Okay, so what we get here in the text, and I want to pull back uh, to, to the the, ver- the previous verses that, that we closed out with last week, because what we get here at the beginning of Esther five is it begins with what? It begins with on on the third day. So what we know from our time last week to now, the the three days of fasting that, that Esther commanded and prescribed for God's people to take. As she prepared to go before King Xerxes and share this information had passed. You see, I think that we could read that and as we, uh, as we wrestle, as we want to get to the, this moment of tying the bow on the story, of, of finishing with the wrestling and, and the unknowns, that, that we just skirt past that and say, okay, now we're finally getting to the good part. I can see the redemption. It's beginning to uh, maybe unfold. Because we're seeing that, man, they, they took three days. And they fasted. And Esther 4, beginning in 16, or beginning in 15, then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf, and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I, and this is the famous words from this book, perish, I perish. Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. You see, as we read these first three verses of Esther 5, I think we see the first picture of wisdom in the midst of the unknown. Because the first way that Esther lives wisely is that there's wisdom in preparation. You see, we jump into the third day and then we see what Esther does and we, we, we forget the three days prior of fasting. And, and again, like in the story, we don't see that they prayed. We don't even know, uh, man, who the, the, what the fast was. I think we can infer from the text and knowing about God's people, but it doesn't say blatantly. You see, in the midst of that, if we, what we know about fasting, and oftentimes in Jewish culture and, man, in church culture and Christian culture, fasting is associated and alongside it comes prayer. Again, we don't get that here. But you see, there's a preparation. They are preparing. Esther draws the people together and says, hey, if I'm gonna do this, we need to fast. We need to prepare. You see, I think so often in life, whenever we hit moments where we know that we need to do something, how many, how many prepares do we have in the room? Like you, like lists, calendars, right? Like, you're, you're just getting after all of it. How many of you are just like, eh? I'm just going along. I, 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 Organization is not my thing. You see, but I think for all of us, even in the midst of that, 
man, how often is our preparation times of uh, for us as believers, because we know what we're called to do as followers of Jesus, how much of the time is spent in prayer and fasting? I don't know if you're like me. I, I'm usually act first, pray next. I got a text message this week from somebody that said, hey, you got an email, pray and then read it. So I said about a one-sentence prayer, and then I read it, and I should have prayed more. Because I was ready to act. And it wasn't right. <laughs> because it's, I, I, I didn't really prepare my heart. You see, uh, I mean, it's so easy. The tendency is so kind of fluid at times. The temptation is to say, yeah, I, I know about prayer. I, I know about fast. I know about preparation. But hey, man, it's eat like I, I was raised in a culture that you pull your bootstraps up and you get going. By the sweat of your brow. That's not what we see here. We see much preparation. The second thing we see in these verses as we're looking at one through three is it says that after the on the third day that, that Esther put on her royal robes. The actual wording there is that Esther put on royalty. You see, there's preparation in that moment. Esther knew. This is kind of the second time we see this. Although the first time. She's more forced into it and yet uses it to her advantage to gain the position she has. But now, as she's putting on royalty, she's preparing herself to go before the king. And so she dresses, and she prepares herself in a certain manner. And then she goes and stands in the inner court of the king's palace. You see, even in the midst of the preparation, there's still a lot of unknown. Esther's already expressed it. I can't just go in front of the king. Guess what? I have to be uh, like he, he has to he has to allow me to come to him. And yet, what does she say? If I perish, I perish. And again, this is another one of those moments where we just love that, right? I mean, that's a big deal, and it's worth preparing for. Esther doesn't come in and say, hey, I'm going to act and then ask forgiveness later in this moment. That would be foolishness. You see, because if Esther would have acted in this moment, if she wouldn't have prepared, if she wouldn't have had a wise strategy, if she wouldn't have stood before and waited, she would have just run in. There would be no room for repentance or asking forgiveness later. And so she puts on royalty. And she stands in the inner court and waits. When the king sees Queen Esther standing in the court, we see again for the second time that she won favor. Now it could have been because of her looks and her dress, I think in the midst of that we see that God is providentially working His plan. But there's unknown there. And 
And in winning favor, King Xerxes extends his golden scepter in his hand. And Esther approaches and touches the tip of the scepter and the king says to her, what do you want? Now remember, he uh, is in the palace, but he's in a very public place. And if we know anything about Xerxes, guess what? Xerxes is always trying to promote how good he is, how great he is, and how much he has. And so he says, what do you want? I'll give you anything. It shall be given you even to half the kingdom. Now, is that a literal thing? I don't know. Knowing Xerxes and what we know about him, probably not. I don't know that in his pride he would give up that much. You see, Esther is prepared for this moment. Not simply Esther, but Esther and the people of Susa. God's people have been preparing for the moment. And so in your life... What's going on right now that maybe you need to take some time to prepare for? Instead of just simply acting. I know for many of you, you have kids that are about to start school. And I know for many of you, that's bringing a lot of angst. There's maybe a lot of questions. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of wrestling. I mean, we see it in Brenham, Texas this week. There's been a lot of wrestling There's been a lot of frantic movement. Maybe in your marriage, what do you need to prepare? Maybe in your parenting, what do you need to prepare? Like, how are you asking yourselves these questions? There's wisdom in preparation. But let's look at the next part of the text. Beginning in verse 4 through verse 6, we see this. And Esther said, If it please the king, let the king and Haman come to a feast that I have prepared for the king. Then the king said, Bring Haman quickly, so that we may do as Esther has asked. So the king and Haman came to the feast that Esther had prepared. And as they were drinking wine after the feast, the king said to Esther, What is your wish? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to the half of my kingdom, it shall be fulfilled. So what we see here is not only is there wisdom in preparation, there's wisdom in strategy. You see, Esther gets a place before the king. He comes, she comes into the king's presence and he asks her a question. What does she say? Not what I probably would have said in the moment. I would have just started lay, I probably would have just laid it out there. Hey, Haman, the guy that you put in that position, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. But she doesn't do that. She says, no, I want you and Haman to come to a feast that I've already prepared for you. The food's already prepared. Come to this feast. Get Haman. Come quickly. Now I think there's, A few reasons for this strategy. One, I think Esther probably understands that in this public place that Xerxes finds himself in, there's a lot of pressure for him to perform. 
to look a certain way and to act a certain way. And so what we see and what we know is that He's already made an edict. He's already set forth a law that is supposedly irreversible. And for her to come and immediately start saying, hey, I need you to do this. He's going to lose face. Not only that, it's going to be very costly for him financially to send more people out to get this taken care of. And so we see this, and so Esther, I believe she has strategy in knowing. Hey, not here. Come to this feast, and then I'll tell you. Then I'll give you my answer. You see, the other part of this strategy that just blows my mind is that Esther doesn't say just you. Who does she bring along? Haman. It's that saying, right? Like, keep your friends close and what? Your enemies closer. And again, for me, like if I'm Esther, like my strategy is to put something in his food probably. But she invites him in. Which again, like it's, it's the, like why? What's going on? Why is this happening? And so they come together and they, they eat the feast and as they're partaking in the drinking of wine after the feast, the king asks again, he says, Esther, what do you want? What's your desire? What's your request? It's happened a second time. He, he's in a different place. It's more, Esther has now served him. Which I think as followers of Jesus, like as we read this, I think something we need to realize is not only are we to be a people that prepare and walk wisely in our preparation, we are to be a people that understand that we are, we are to be wise in strategy. And man, some of that, especially as people that are called to proclaim the gospel, is that at times, Man, let us simply just serve people so that the door of opportunity might open. I I mean, I I believe that there's a season and a moment for everything, and there are certain times we just need to speak it, proclaim it, because that's the time, but there are other times. And I believe you see Jesus do this all the time throughout His mission when we get people around a table. That's why we believe missional communities are so important here. Because there's something about a table that just, man, it, 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 it uh, lowers people's guards a bit. So there's strategy in that. The strategy in just being and saying, getting to know and saying, who are you? What's going on? Where, where are you at? What, unknown, uh, what unknowns are you struggling with? Maybe don't go that deep right off the bat. But she's asked the question a second time. And for us, again, for those, like if you're just sitting in the story like and listening and hearing, you're like, okay, now's the time. She didn't say it the first time. She's, she's fed him. He's full. He's ready to listen. Share your request, Esther. But look at what we get. Beginning in verse 7. Then Esther answered, My wish and my request is if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my wish and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come to the feast that I will prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as the king said. 
I don't know about you, but man, I often like, there are many moments in life when everything seems really ultimate and it doesn't seem like you can wait another day. Right? Like, I, I, it's gotta be taken care of now because I can't handle it if it's not. And yet Esther in this moment, in the midst of the wisdom of strategy, we also see the wisdom of waiting. And again, I don't know that Esther, she didn't fully know what's going on or how God's providence is going to work in the rest of the story. But in the midst of this strategy, in the midst of this preparation, I believe what Esther does know is that, man, she has the king's ear. And so she's using it to her advantage. Because you see what she says, and she says, look, if you really, if you really are going to grant it, Prove it by showing up tomorrow. You see, it's easy to show up one day. Prove it. Show up tomorrow. I'll make another feast and I want you and Haman to come and I'll tell you then. You see, there's wisdom in waiting at times. I think we can see this all throughout our lives. Like at times, there's wisdom in not saying something you really want to say, right? Husbands? Amen? Wives are like, amen. There's wisdom in just stopping for a moment and waiting. And saying, no, I don't need... But the, the problem is, is if we're honest, like we're not very good at that at times. I want to be heard. I want to share. I want my desires, I want my uh, opinions, I want all of it to be made known. Not for the betterment of others, we may think that, but at times it's just because, I, because I'm about me. You see, this is way bigger than Esther. This is about a whole people. And so Esther says, she She waits. And in our life, like in your life, are you sensitive to the moments where you need to speak and the moments you need to just wait? Now, for some, maybe you need to wait more and speak a little less. But for others, don't allow the waiting to become disobedience and non-action. Don't, don't, don't allow it. Like, it'd be very easy for Esther to say, yeah, come tomorrow. And then guess what? Well, no, come tomorrow. And then the next day, no, there's a moment. Like, be, be, be ready when, when the opportunity arises. And guess what? In that opportunity, give them Jesus. But at times, we're supposed to wait. I've told y'all before that, that something, I like to do in certain moments is when I get around people that I don't know, I wait to tell them I'm a pastor. Because usually what happens, and it's not in every moment, but in some certain moments, if I say it really quickly, guess what happens? Like I turn around and they're gone. But then there's other moments where it's like, no, like here we go. And I think we all like, you know, Jesus in in Matthew, 
He calls us to be wise. Where is it? Come on, Trish. In Matthew 10, verse 16, Jesus says to His disciples that He is sending them out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. That's what we're called into. Now, does that mean we're not bold? No, we should be a bold people. But we should be wise. And that's not simply knowing when to speak, it's knowing how to speak. It's knowing when to sit and listen, when to simply serve a meal and hear a story. And there are moments at the meal when you say, okay, it's time today, and and you share. And there's other moments where you say, hey, why don't you come tomorrow? I want to hear more about that. So I don't know what your unknowns are today. I know what mine are. At least some of them. But I would ask you this. Today, are you walking in wisdom or foolishness? Next week in the text, we're going to see how to walk foolishly as we look at the life of Haman. But today for you, there's wisdom in preparation. So what do you need to make plans for? I mean, this season, again, I don't want to hone it, man, for parents, like this is the perfect season for you to make some plans about, hey, what do we want for our children this year? Not in terms of what we want their grades to be, or, but man, spiritually, how are we going to disciple our kids? You're getting back into a rhythm, jump into that rhythm as well. If you need help with that, go talk to Macy. Or another set of parents that you know and just say, hey, what are you all doing? How are you preparing spiritually in your life? What does prayer and fasting look like? What is slowing down and not being so quick to act, but to trust that the Lord has it all and that He's just called us to faithfulness? As you go into the workplace, as you look at your life and this call, even as Jeremy shared last week, like how are you, uh, um, how are you leveraging your life for the kingdom of God, for the good news of the gospel? Man, I believe that there is much strategy involved in that. Like there, like 
God is a God of order, but also He calls us into, and so we should think about those things. How do you engage your neighbor? Think about that strategically. How do you engage those in your workplace? Think about that strategically. What does it look like? What are their needs? What are their their unknowns? What are their struggles? And engage it. And then lastly, knowing that it's okay at times just to wait before the Lord. We're just saying it, right? Like, I raise up my hands and all I have is a hallelujah. That we would discern the times, the seasons and the moments. That we would be dependent upon the Spirit of God. And then we would trust. So I'm going to have the team come back up. And this is what I want to do. I want to give you just a few moments just to think on those things. To pray, to process... And begin to ask the Lord, what does it look like for you to walk wisely? To live wisely. As sheep that are, man, that, that, that wolves are seeking to devour. What does preparation, strategy, and even waiting look like? And then as you pray that, my next encouragement, and I think we see this in the text, is that, man, uh, the thing about it is this, this is the book of Esther, but uh, in this moment, like Esther's not alone in this. Man, uh, the Jews are, are, have been fasting with her. And so know that you don't have to do this alone. Actually, I believe it's foolishness for you to try to walk wisely alone. I believe it says that in Ecclesiastes. Um, We need one another. You need community. And so, uh, again, Jeremy's going to come up here in a minute and he's going to talk about missional communities that are launching at the beginning of the month. If you're not in one, get in one. Because we need one another. So I'm going to give you just a few moments. And then this is what I'd like to do, if we can. Um, if you'll just sing the chorus of this last third song we sang, and then after that, um, we'll have everybody come forward and we'll do communion. But I want to give you all just a few moments.